Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Let's give God some honor as well for allowing us just to come before his presence and worship him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How is everyone's week? Everyone's good? Man, anything anyone want to share real quick with the family? It's a a scary moment for every pastor. Who's going to share and what are they going to (laughs) share? But we welcome you. I want to go to Uganda, someone said. I want to go to Uganda. Um, as Isaiah, sorry, Isaiah came off. Just remember Isaiah. It, it's his birthday today. It's a special birthday, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. And um, Isaiah is turning, if I'm not confused, the big 19. The big 19. So, praise God. So, on behalf of Isaiah, he welcomes um, birthday gifts today. And um, he welcomes it right into that pocket that's right in front of his jeans and say, here's five bucks, get yourself a, a nice burger with your, for your birthday and, and bless your brother right there for his birthday. Amen? Why not? Why not? So praise God. If you have your, um, your Bible, you could go ahead and get, it ready to op- get ready to open it there in a moment. We'll go over some thoughts. We'll go over some introduction stuff. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share some scripture, but I'm, I'm going to sit on, on one passage today. And then what I would love for you to do is take out maybe your notepad and so you could take notes. I think, um, as always, as we always say here, uh, what, what greater place um, to take notes than right here. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I'm just getting all my things here to shut off and, and all that stuff. So I'm not texting anyone right now. Just other than the person that said, keep singing. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Um, if, you're, if you're writing this down, um, just bold maybe, or, or underline it, or circle it, or highlight it on your, on your notes there, on your, on your smart device, or on your pad, go ahead and write this down. Just write down inheritance. Just can you write that down real quick? Write, write, write it down there, inheritance. 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 Giving you a moment there to, to feel, to go ahead and write that. Inheritance. And, I, and I'm wondering when, when I say inheritance, I'm wondering what you get out of that. When I say inheritance, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Heaven. Inheritance. In the back, someone in the back. Can I get an answer or, or, or a thought? Inheritance, what comes to your mind? Gifts. That was good. Who said that? Someone said it. But thank you. Gifts. Gifts. Amen. Anyone else? Inheritance, what else? What else comes to your mind? Inheritance. Inherit. What kind? And, uh, what kind of inheritance? <laughs> yes, that's actually a great <laughs> answer. Mandos on those. That's actually a great answer. What kind of inheritance? <laughs> Man, good answer. Wow. Inheritance. I was deciding if I should share some stories. I was with some people yesterday. I was going to share about inheritance about a dog. But I don't want to offend anyone or nothing like that, you know. So I'm just going to skip the dog inheritance. Um, but, yeah, it's something like this. It's about this. I forgot where she was from, what country she's from. 
but she, she, <laughs> she was leaving, she was a billionaire, and um, she didn't have no one to leave her inheritance to, so in her will, she was leaving out like 12 billion or something like that to her dog. Let's just continue to go on here, okay? I want to read this for a moment. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about that for all you dog lovers. It says here, I read this, check this out. A, a homeless man supposed to be living on the streets of Santa Cruz de la Sierra in Bolivia fled police who were bringing him news of a $6 million inheritance. Tomas Martinez, who was 67 years old, apparently thought that the police were about to arrest him for his alcohol and drug habits. The man disappeared without a trace, causing Bolivian newspapers to speak of him in their article. And quote, this is what they said, new millionaire from ex-wife, well, you know, new millionaire, paradoxically, not knowing his fortune, is not, not knowing his fortune, end quote. The inheritance came to Mr. Martinez from his ex-wife, Ines Gajardo Olivares, who inherited the money herself from family members, and she evidently did not blame him for leaving her several years ago. So here's <laughs> this man that he thought the government was after him to arrest him. And all the government wanted to tell him was, brother, today might be your lucky day. <laughs> Either to continue to fill his drug habits or his alcohol addiction or to hopefully break free and live a new life. But today might be your lucky day. And he runs from it, from fear, because of the condemnation of his own lifestyle, what it brought upon him. And he couldn't even receive what was his. You know, I started to read that story a little bit, and I said, man, there's something there to be learned. There's something to be learned that you might be missing out on something because, um, well, you could discern that and take that story however you feel God is pushing you. But I, I just thought that was an interesting story. Well, I guess what? It fell right back on his ex-wife's lap. And his ex-wife's like, I don't even blame him for leaving me. But thank God, because I'm keeping back this $6 million. I mean, it's, it's um, an interesting story. But, you know, I think about inheritance. And when you speak about inheritance, I, I want to continue on this. I feel like it's something that, the, that our church here has been speaking a lot about. Because I think that's where God is, has been really confronting us with and causing us to speak about. And um, inheritance could mean many different things in a sense. And maybe today would be more of an introduction of what some of this inheritance stuff is about or, or, or the aim that I want to, the goal that I want to hit or whatnot. But when you speak of it, I, I don't know what's more important when you speak of inheritance. I love what Amando said when he said what kind of inheritance. But I don't know what's more important. Think about this. What's more important, passing down the inheritance or being the one that receives the inheritance? What's more important to you? Passing it down. That's, that's, a, that's an important question. What's more important, passing down the inheritance or receiving the inheritance is an important question. And, and, it, and, it, and it determines a lot about you. It speaks a lot about you. What, what's more important to you? You know, in the Bible, we see where fathers are passing down an inheritance and they pass it down to their children. We see that. And we see that their sons, uh, we see especially to their firstborn sons, we see that there's an inheritance and there's a birthright in Judaism and stuff like that. And we see stories of the sons who also receive such an inheritance. And we see what they do with an inheritance. Some do very well with it. Some don't. Uh, many don't. Some do well with it. Uh, I'm going to give you the definition, just your normal definition of what inheritance may be if you look it up on the internet. 
Inheritance is this, to pass down. It might mean legacy. Legacy. Inheritance means the right of possession. Everyone say, I have the right. It means ownership. I love this. It means heritage. Inheritance, heritage. But this one's very unique. This one's cool. A genetic, genetic characteristics transmitted from parent to offspring. Genetic characteristics transmitted from parent to offspring. My son has a, his teacher, he's, he's in kindergarten. Our son's in kindergarten, correct? Yeah, he's in kindergarten. <laughs> and um, his teacher has known me since I was very little. And now we're childhood friends pretty much. And now she's teaching my son. And my son's name is Jackson, for you guys that know him, but, but for you guys that don't know him, but it's funny because every day, I, whenever I do pick him up, or whenever I drop him off, she always says the same thing. Always. It's like, I know I've heard you say it since the first day of school. And she says, he's you. He's you. He's you. And, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily a, good, a compliment. <laughs> or, or if she's like, um, it's, it's not speaking well of me. You know, like, he's you, you know, with that face. I'm like, okay, what does that mean, you know? Um, sometimes she says, I just want to call him Regal. I want to call him Riguito when I see him because he's you. And, but you know when she says that as a father, whether it's bad or good, I mean, serious, it does something to me. I walk away and I'm like, you're darn right, he's me. <laughs> Isn't that special? Because he's my offspring. He's my seed. He's, he's my legacy. My daughter is my legacy. My, my children that I leave, that's my legacy. That's it. And, and I think that's important for my wife and I. And in, in the scriptures, we see both negative and we see positive legacies left behind by parents. We see that all over scripture. It's seen a lot in 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, especially with the kings and all that. And all over the rest of the Bible, we read of many who followed in the path of their parents and continued in disobedience. They were, learning, they were learning from defective, very important that you listen to this because this is going to get somewhere. They were learning from defective models in their lives. So in scripture, you see these children that, um, that follow their parents' footsteps. And in following their parents' footsteps, it's, it's like, well, what else, what else did you expect? They're following what has been modeled before them. And what was modeled before them was defective. And, and they walked in their footsteps. I said this not long ago and I want to repeat it to you just because there's nothing wrong with repeating and it's this, that we're going to have to make a decision. You should write this because there's a reason why God continues to repeat it every other weekend. You're going to have to make a decision. Who will you be in someone else's life? You're going to have to make that decision. How will your life influence and leave a legacy for others to follow? You're going to have to make a decision when it comes to that. How will your life influence and leave a legacy for others to follow? Like he just said, what kind, what kind of an inheritance? What kind of an inheritance? He's right. Because what kind of legacy will you leave for others to follow? What kind, is it good or is it bad? And, and, and that's going to be so important. So, so we must decide quickly. Everyone say this, I must decide quickly. Can we just be theological here? Can we just talk about theology for a moment? Can we, can we get theological here? Is that okay? Why must you decide quickly? Let's get very theological here. Number one, you're getting old. 
it's a joke, guys. I mean, it's just a common, it's the obvious thing. You're getting older. And because you're getting older, you need to start deciding because you're, you're, not, you're not getting younger as the days grow. You're getting older. And what's happening? Time's flying and time is passing. And every encounter is coming in and coming out. The doors are opening and closing. The people are coming and going. The conversations are happening and then they're not happening. How many of you remember great conversations with someone and you're like, man, I haven't spoken that, uh, in, to that person in such a long time. It, w- it was a moment in your life. And how did we do with it? So, so when I say this, we must decide quickly, you're not getting any younger. You're not getting any younger. And those that are waiting for your leadership in their lives, listen to this. Here's number two. Ready? Number one, you're not getting any longer. And number two, they won't be around forever. How many of you are parents here? Raise your hand. Wow, you know what? A lot of parents here today. All you parents, stand up. Stand up for a moment. Seriously, just stand up. It's good. Today's National Parents' Day at the Nest. All right, so, so watch this. Just, this is a, what a beautiful, thank you guys for the, such a beautiful job that you do. But, but, but all of you are parents. All of you are parents. And as you look at one another in this room, all of you are parents. But watch what's beautiful about this. They're not going to be there forever. So you got to get that lie out of your head. And you got to get that lie out of your heart. They're leaving. And for some of you, soon and very soon, it's just quick. It's a blink of an eye. And they're like, whoa, where did time go? How many of you, okay, I want the ones that their birds have left the nest. I want them to stay standing. Everyone else that kids are still home, stay standing. Amen. For those that are standing, whose birds have left their nest, how fast was it for you? Did I call you guys and text you guys, plan this? Say, hey, when I ask this question, make sure you answer it. Every single one of them was like, it was fast. It was fast. It was a blink of an eye, and you're like, how did they just leave the house so quick? How, how did this happen? Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Let's give them a hand. Amen. For... But they just admitted to it. It's too fast. We wish it would have slowed it down. Trust me. I hate it. I see my son like, stop growing. He's like, Dad, I got to get older. I got to grow up. You can't keep me as a little kid forever. Man, I sure wish I could. I, 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 really, I, really, I really wish I could. But, but, but they're not, I'm telling you, you're not getting younger and they're not going to be here forever. And, and, and that doesn't just go with your kids. That also goes with, 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 with the spiritual and, 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 and people that you're going to have influence on. And, and in a sense, become like spiritual children to you. You guys understand that? So what's important is this, ready? They won't be around forever, and I know this, ready? Someone else, maybe with their beliefs, with their philosophies and morality, different than ours, will snatch them up. So I need to do what I need to do now because there's going to be another voice that's going to start speaking to their hearts and to their minds, and I need to make sure that I indoctrinate and I pour in, and they're filled with the waters that I need to give them so that when someone else is going to give them from their waters, they're like, that's not what dad taught me at home. And and we need to understand that why we're not getting any younger and they're not going to stay around forever. Whether it's spiritual sons and daughters, people that you're influencing in this world, or whether it's the very ones in your own house. They just admitted to you it happens too quickly. I'm telling you right now, it happens very quickly. I mean very quickly. Life is but a vapor. How many scriptures can we talk about that life comes and goes? It's like a vapor. Today it's here, tomorrow it's gone. And so is your influence. Your influence is here today and tomorrow it's gone. So what is important? Because you're here one day and you're gone the next. It is important to leave a legacy that will leave a legacy that will leave a legacy. You know what this is? It is discipleship of legacies. 
It's building discipleship of legacy. Why? Because I'm leaving one day. And what's going to happen? I need that my great-grandchildren still have the belief that their great-grandfather had. What is that called? Discipleship of legacy. Man. I can't have someone else snatch them up. I'm getting older. They're getting older. I'm getting older and they're getting older. We spoke for six weeks about Joshua. It actually feels like it's been six years, but... We've been speaking six weeks about Joshua. And remember, he walked in Moses' legacy. He boldly and faithfully entered an inheritance that was given to him. We said that. In which at the end of his life, Joshua would do the same. What would he do? What would he do? That which was given to Joshua, he would what? He would then what? Pass it down to his children. And they were called what? The children of Israel. (laughs) He would pass it down to his children, Israel. To do what now? To live and follow for the rest of their lives. Do you guys know what that's called? Inheritance. Do you know what the definition of what Moses gave to Joshua and what Joshua gave to the children of Israel is? Do you want to know what the definition of that is? Genetic characteristics that is transmitted from parent to offspring. Oh, my God. If you guys don't understand this, I'm about to burst out of my... Like, like it's, it's genetic, genetic characteristics. It's a genetic spiritual thing it's a genetic spiritual a spiritual genetic characteristic transmitted from Moses to Joshua from Joshua to Israel and I can't stress enough the importance of all of us growing up everyone say grow up it's always good to say that to ourselves it's growing up and maturing and beginning to live a life so bold so effective so sold out sold out not necessarily for our sake but for the sake And the intention of having the others that come behind us to walk into an inheritance that is left for them. A heritage that is left for them. In which fathers and mothers before them worked very hard for. I I love a show. Me and my wife, she falls asleep when we watch it. But I watch a show on PBS. I'm getting older. Getting older. (laughs) I'm getting, you know, when you start watching PBS to watch, eight, but I don't watch PBS just to watch PBS. Okay. I just watch one show on PBS. Okay. Just, his name is Lewis, um, it's a long name, Dr. Lewis something something, maybe you see it. And he grabs celebrities and he grabs um, politicians and he does an intense background on them to check their heritage. And he goes from, I mean, you should see how far back he goes on some of these guys. And some of them find out that they're related to kings in Spain. That their eighth grandfather was King Louis and King Henry. It's crazy and they're floored. But what I love is, I love when, when it's like an African-American. I do. Because you know, no matter what you do, you can't erase their heritage. You can't erase their legacy. And a lot of them... They're successful, right, in this interview. And they're successful. They're, they're, they're famous athletes. They're a famous politician or whatever. And, and I love it because they're like, I just know that in my blood there's something tough. There's something, that, there, there's always that person that never give up. And when you go into their heritage, there was that slave. There was that slave. There was that one slave. There was that great grandfather or the grandfather of that grandfather and had a very unique story. And somewhere in that interview, that famous celebrity or politician or whatever says, I have a lot of that person inside of me. And I feel like, though I don't know him and he's a ghost in my past, but I feel like I've known him now all my life now that I'm seeing all these pictures and I'm seeing all these names. 
And now I could see why my family is the way they are today and how I became who I am today. And I started to think about that. And I'm wondering that if that slave out in the field that was working hard and they were singing their songs, if they, didn't, they knew that deep down inside they were working hard and they were going to establish a heritage because maybe they weren't going to see the freedom and they weren't going to see the day of light, but they knew that there was going to be an offspring and there was going to be a passing down of genetic characteristics from one to another. And one day, it's going to come in my blood. But from my blood, it's going to become the next president of the United States of America. From my blood, it's going to become a great senator. From my blood, it's going to become a great football player, basketball player, a politician. And it's crazy. And you're like, wow, that's powerful. You see, this is important because I think like sometimes we just worry about our own lives. And we don't recognize that everything about our lives is not just about your life. It's about the lives of the ones that are coming after you in the future. I can't stress, stress enough the importance of that. Fathers and mothers that worked hard for the ones that are coming behind us. Listen, I am here, seriously, I'm here today because of spiritual fathers and mothers that paved the way in my life. And I, I will always be part of their legacy. What I mean by that is that their fingerprints will always be in my life, always be in my life. And I, and I honor them for that. Genetic characteristics transmitted from parent to offspring. I've experienced that firsthand in my life. A young man believed in another young man, and he became a father to me in a sense in the spiritual. And, and I wouldn't thank him enough because I would have given up on someone like me. It was, he was passing on something that, was, that he believed. I mean, it's just a special thing, man, when you've gone through that. Listen, there's no way I could stop there, though. I fear that the generation following ours becomes a generation of orphans. And that's the last thing that I would want spiritually, to create a spiritual generation of orphans. Can I explain to you what I mean? Because... So we can't stop there. So what I mean is this, whether, whether, be left no more, whether be left with no more spiritual fathers and mothers to walk with and receive from, an inheritance that they can walk into and pass down to the next. We have to be very careful. Are we leaving something for the next generation that's going to follow us? Why? Because we need the future children of the Lord to walk down our steps and do even greater things than us. Amen? Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And yes, receive this as parents, but also as a generation of light bearers that are called to pass the torch for others to follow. Pass the torch. It's your time. It's your time to take it where I could have never taken it. Have you, have you, have you thought about Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, Jake, and you've gone the list how each one of those took the torch to a place where their father could never have taken it? The psalmist speaking of the works of God, of Yahweh, and the effect it has from one generation to another says in Psalm 145, verse 4. He says this, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. The New Living says it this way, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts and let them proclaim your power. That's powerful scripture. Because some in this room didn't have a generation before them. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want you to pay attention to this for a moment. Some of you in this room did not have a generation before you to pave the way. One that established a heritage for you, a culture for you. Everyone say culture. Yeah. One that you didn't get to grow into. Listen, what is the culture? What is the heritage that maybe wasn't left for you? Maybe you weren't able to struggle in it, rejoice in it, fail in it, succeed in it, learn in it, hear in it, see in it. Some of you maybe are still living in that today, that which was left for you to walk into. Amen? But for many people in this room, maybe you're like, man, no one paved the way before me. What does that make you? Orphan? 
or pioneer? Orphan or pioneer? You need to change your mind. You need to change your attitude. You need to change your view. No one's paved the way for me. I wish someone left a heritage for me. Stand up, get up, and become the pioneer for someone else to follow then. <laughs> it's like a game. I feel like we were playing a game there. Caught the fly. Amen. Church is fun, man. Welcome to our nest. Amen. So it's, so it's hard for you. It's hard for you, this stuff, because you're the first ones. Here it is. Ready? Again, don't complain. Don't say that no one has ever done this for you. But what do you do now? Instead of complaining, rejoice. Rejoice. Because now you can be a pioneer, a starter. You should write that in your notes if you have no one that's left a heritage for you. I'm a starter. I'm a pioneer. I'm a pioneer, man. I am a starter. Man, that's what I am. To something that I never had, but that my children's children after me will follow. I am a pioneer for the generations that follow me. My God. I'm like, I'm going to be Abraham for my great-grandchildren. Why not? Why not? And the generation will tell their children of, what did Psalm 145.4 say? And, the, and that generation, that generation that will follow will tell their children of his mighty acts. And they will proclaim his power, his power to the rest of the children. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being a pioneer of a spiritual family or maybe of a physical family that will continue to walk in the fear of the Lord for when? For hundreds of years after you. How many of us are just like, oh, we're just waiting for the coming of the Lord. He's, listen, he's coming. But don't live your life like I'm just waiting for the coming of the Lord and you're not doing nothing about it. No, stop living your life for the coming of the Lord and live your life for the legacy of the children that are coming after you. Well, you know what? I just give up on my children's children because Jesus is going to come back anyways. That's what we've done a really good job of. Well, you know what? Just go and go out to the field. And leave an inheritance for, 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 for many generations to follow. Don't just give an excuse like, well, you know, God's coming soon anyways. No, man. just We don't know what the day and what the hour looks like. You just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Be a pioneer. You may never have the privilege of seeing it for yourself. But you'll have the honor to witness sons and daughters who've been marked by your life, by your ministry, by your legacy. And they will walk into the kingdom one day, one by one. Abraham never saw the legacy of his faith. And he was even donned the father of faith. (laughs) He was knighted, the father of faith, Mr. Abraham himself. And yet Abraham never saw the fruit of his seed, the fruit of his labor. Never saw it. Never got to see it. Yeah, he saw Isaac. Yeah, he saw that, but he didn't get to see Isaacs, Isaacs, Isaacs. He just saw Isaac. But in the kingdom, outside of God the Father, every person that walks in will be promised sons and daughters of Abraham. And they will dwell with Abba, and they will praise Abba, our father. And they will also look at Abraham and give him a wink and say, thank you, Father Abraham. I think that's powerful. Abraham's inheritance and legacy, listen to this, continues to grow. Because as soon as someone walks in and accepts the Lord, they too become sons of Abraham. My Lord. Can you imagine being in eternity and there's a bell that rings, ding, what is that? That's just one another one of Abraham's sons came to be. 
Abraham's legacy continues to grow. Where? Where? Everyone answer this. Where does Abraham's legacy continue to grow? On earth as it is in heaven. His legacy continues to grow in heaven and on earth because both those worlds are mixed together. Abraham's inheritance, its legacy continues to grow. Man, I wouldn't mind not seeing it here now or any other time in my lifetime if it brings me that which Abraham has today. Listen, how many of us speak and teach and talk about Abraham as if he's dead? And the last thing that Abraham is, is dead. <laughs> he's not dead. You want to know how I know Abraham's not dead? Come here. You want to know how I know Abraham's not dead? Look around this room. You got a bunch of sons and daughters of Abraham. What does that mean? His seed is still reproducing. <laughs> That's powerful. <laughs> Thank you, Betsy. His seed is still repro reproducing. Abraham's not dead. He's like, hello, Abraham. Son of Abraham, son of Abraham. Son of like, that's the promise that God gave him. You're never going to die on earth. What? Right. Your sons will continue to live. Your daughters will continue to live. You know that Jesus is not dead? Why? Look in this room. He's alive in every single one. He's not dead. Abraham's not dead. And when you pass on from this world, you're not dead either. Your legacy will continue to live. In what? In your children that you leave behind. In the legacy that you leave behind. Am I speaking to anyone? Yes. Amen. Let's open up to Luke chapter 12 and I'm going to end in Luke 12. You like that? My message starts here and it ends here. <laughs> so walk, thank you for coming to, that was the introduction, but now let's come to the end. As we jump into the beginning. <laughs> so we're going to end here in the beginning. And it's in Luke chapter 12 verse 13. Luke 12 13. Luke 12 13. Are you with me? In Luke 12, 13, this is such an such a awesome passage, and it, it really spoke to me heavily for the last few weeks, and you're going to see why. Jesus is speaking in Luke 12 to the masses, right? And he's speaking to crowds, and I'm talking about not crowds of like 10s and 20s and 50s and 100s. I'm talking about crowds of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, okay? Jesus was speaking to thousands in his crowd, and something very important happens in his crowd as he gives a, um, as he's teaching here. And it is, someone comes up with a question. And in verse 13, listen to this. It says, then someone called out from the crowd. And he said, teacher, please tell, my <laughs> please tell my brother to divide our father's estate. Tell him to divide it with me. Who do you think that one was? That was the younger son. And the younger son is mad at his big brother. Because the big brother took all of daddy's goods. And the younger brother was like, I'm here, my big brother's right there, and I'm ticked off, Jesus. So I didn't hear anything you just had to say for the last two hours. Great, great preaching. But I came over here to tell you to tell my big brother to share dad's inheritance with us. I need some of that money. I have a family back home. That's the little brother speaking of the big brother. Another translation says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Father's inheritance. Everyone say father's inheritance. So this is beautiful because Jesus always has an answer. And this is what Jesus does. His answers always comes in questions. <laughs> he says, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? And then he said, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. So he's like, gosh, these guys still don't get it. The young brother was still mad. The big brother was still saying, not going to give it to you. He's not going to make me give it to you. And it was a very tense situation. I believe it was tense. 
And I believe it was in front of a crowd of thousands of people. And I believe that thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people were all looking to say, I can't wait to see what Jesus is going to do about this one. It kind of reminds me of the wisdom of Solomon. When they were brought the baby, and one woman says, hey, she stole my child when I was sleeping. And Solomon said, come and bring me the baby. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. Give me my sword. Is it sharpened? Awesome. We're going to cut the baby in half. I'm going to give half the baby to this woman, half the baby to that woman. And the woman whose baby it belonged to said, no, don't do that. Give that baby to her. I'm better off without it. He says, now get that baby out of her hands. Kill her for me, please. And give the baby to that one because that truly is the mother who is willing to sacrifice her child so that they can live while the other one did not care. It's just wisdom. So when Jesus is standing up, he's being wise. And he says, man, these people still don't get it. This situation is tense. There's thousands of eyes and ears listening to what I'm about to do. So this is what I'm going to do because I'm really good at this. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. He didn't necessarily give it. I'm not going to get to that. He just told a story. Some people get mad when preachers tell stories. Jesus told a story. So Jesus says this, ready? A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for any of my crops. It's a good problem, right? Good problem? Good. And then he said, I know. Reading from the New Living, forgive me for not telling you in the beginning. He says, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger barns. Good problem. He's got to build bigger homes because he's got to fill up those homes because his stuff is growing. And then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and all my other goods. Verse 19 And I'll sit back, guys, please highlight this in your Bible. I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, I mean, this is how I think he said it. My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. There's a philosophical view there. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, this is interesting, God's in this story. You will die this very night. <laughs> what a story. Then who will get everything you worked for? Verse 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's go over it. Let's go over this. I love it. So, so here's this man, right? Let's go back to the story. Let's stay at the story. This is, my, this is the message. So here's this man in Jesus' story, and he's foolish, and he could be called foolish for so many different reasons. But as I read this, something specific stands out to me. He's been given so much. You should write that down in your notes. He's been given so much. And he's been given much from what? From what? Come on, you could be honest. Everyone. Did he work hard for it? You better believe it. From his own work. From his own labor. He's been given much. From his own skill, he was a skilled man. And some of you, you're skilled, and you work hard, and you've been given. Amen. That's all good. You're going to see where I, obviously where I'm getting at, right? So it was from his own labor, from his own skill. But, 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 but have you thought about this? This is my weird mind and where it goes as I read. I mean, he didn't create, though, the ground that was able to, <laughs> to be fertile, probably because of a nearby water source in which he had no ability or skill to create, as well in which helped produce the crops that brought so much of his wealth. So he had help from a much greater and wiser creative entrepreneur and businessman who was God. (laughs) 
So he was a great businessman. He was a great entrepreneur. He was a great skillful person. But who created the fertile ground? And who created the fertile ground that probably was fertile because of a water source? That he, so everything was from a better and greater creative being, a greater entrepreneur, a greater businessman. And all of his goodness was from his skill, from his own labor. But did he miss it that all of that was actually because of the goodness of the Lord? Because <laughs> of the goodness of the Lord. So this man now, what he does is he takes it upon himself with everything that he had. He takes it upon himself. And what does he do now? With all that was given to him, he stores up all the blessing and then comes to a place where he says to himself, I've worked hard. I've done well. I have so much. I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to be merry. He came to that conclusion in his life. Now, if you read that and you can see nothing wrong with this picture, then you fail to notice that this man has nothing but thoughts of and for himself. It was all about him. I mean, I almost you know, wanted to put a hammock here and preach from a hammock. Like I can picture the man just laying on a hammock. I've done good for myself. I'm just going to eat now. I'm just going to drink now. And I'm just going to be merry. And that's what his life came to. His success came to a place of retirement for himself. I'm just going to eat. I'm just going to drink. And I'm just going to be merry. All that he worked so hard for, all that was given, were thoughts of and for himself. Are you listening? This man was what? He was self-centered. And he was self-entitled. It's about me. It's about my kingdom. It's about what I've done. It's about. <laughs> and that's, what, that's where this man is. And what does God do? He comes to him and he tells him what? Say because we all love to say that word, right? You fool. You fool. You die tonight. And where is all of this going to go? And to who is all of this going to go to? When you die here tonight, listen, this man stored up great things for himself. Listen, he had no relationship with God, though. I could prove it to you. This man did great things for himself, but yet had no relationship with God. How do I know this? Because the end of this verse says it. It says what? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. So I know it because, number one, it says it. And I know it because, number two, the Bible says you know a man by his fruit. And what was his fruit? How do you know this? Maybe you're asking me. What's his fruit? Well, here it is. Because if he did have a rich relationship with God, he would then love what God loves. And he would do what God does. And he would know what God knows and wants. He would know God's mind and he would operate through God's mind. And what is God's greatest command? What is the teacher's, the greatest rabbi's greatest command? What is Jesus' greater command, teacher? Give us the greatest command that you've ever given to man. He says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor. What is he saying? You love God above everything. And the second thing that should flow from that place is your love for people. What is God's heart? Love me. What is it? Love me and love others. So what is this guy doing? He's loving what? Himself. But so much that he misses out on loving others. 
What does that show me? He's not rich in his relationship with God. He's rich in his relationship with himself. Do you understand that? Are you getting this? And what does God say to him, you fool? Say it one more time. This is the great time to say it. You fool. What are you doing with the heritage? Listen now, because this is the point that I'm going to make here. What are you doing with the heritage, with the culture, with the influence that was established? God, this is heavy on my heart right now. What are you doing with the heritage, with the culture, with the inheritance that was established? I bolded this in my notes. Do you mean to tell me that when you die, it dies with you? (laughs) Guys, please follow with me. Does the heritage that has been established die with you when you die? Does the culture that you are establishing die with you when you die? Does the inheritance that is being established through your life die with you when you die? Jesus, God's own words is, you fool, who will it go to? Where will it go? To what places will it reach? To what children will it go to? To what bank accounts will it infiltrate? Instead, you're storing up for yourself. He did not have a rich relationship. Because if he did, he would have been burdened, listen, to pour out into others what has been first poured into him. He would, have left, he, he would have left it so that when he dies, those whom he passed this inheritance to would have multiplied it and taught others so that it never ends and that there would be a culture because of a pioneer who was given much, but what's even greater, he what gave more than what was ever given to him. Because of pioneers, because of fathers, because of mothers whose minds are not set, listen, just to receive much, but pioneers, fathers, and mothers whose minds and hearts are set to give much. Are you a receiver always, or is God taking you to a place to finally be someone that gives away? Now, when they die, It doesn't just die with me. It doesn't just die with them. But it continues to produce. What do I mean? It continues to prosper. It continues to live. Because why? You set a culture. You pass down a legacy. You left a heritage which others will carry this in a spiritual genetic characteristic that will be transmitted from you to them. Pioneers who are building a heritage Don't just store up what they receive, but they give more than they could ever store. I could say that my pastor probably has given to me more than he's probably ever received. I I mean that with all my heart. I can mean that with all my heart. Building a heritage who don't store it up. To just receive, but to give. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I, w- I want to read a, a psalm real quick. Another psalm. It's Psalm chapter 16, verse 5, as the worship team comes up here. 
I want to read this one part of this verse here, this one section. This, I don't want to get into the whole chapter, but, but I, want you to, I want you to listen to this one word, these, these, these few words here that we're going to read out. Psalm 16, verse 5. If you're there, say amen. Such a beautiful verse here. Look what it says. He says, oh Lord. Look what he says. You are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. And you maintain my lot. I was reading from the ESV Study Bible and one of the commentaries that it said was, my inheritance refers here, yes, to the promised land. And it says, God has given this inheritance to his people. However, there was a greater inheritance for the Levites who did not receive a share in the land. Their share of the inheritance was in the Lord. David had an ancestral inheritance in the land. As king, he also had extensive royal holdings. But he realized that no inheritance was greater than his relationship with his almighty God. So I read that passage and I said, oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance. You are my cup. You are the one who maintains my lot. This is a king, a king that is speaking with a massive heritage to leave behind. I mean, think about what came after King David. Want to take a shot at it? King Solomon. David wished he could stretch his boundaries to the places where King Solomon was able to stretch his boundaries. You know that David left such a heritage for his son to walk in? That his son was able to do what his father always desired but could not do. Wow, oh, man. Maybe I should explain it this way. For many, 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 many years, David was storing up in his warehouses the elements for the temple of God. He was storing up gold, he was storing up silver. He was storing, 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 storing. And then one day he gets old. How many of you would say David was a failure? Because he stored so much, but he never built what he always desired. But he was faithful though. He was faithful to store and store. And one day he's old and he says, bring my son Solomon and bring all my leaders to me. He's on his deathbed and the leaders of David, his mighty men, his leaders are around his bed. And he says, this is what I want you to do. Give my son the keys to the warehouses and let him grab all the elements that I stored up for him so that he could be the one that builds what's always been in his daddy's heart, the temple of God. You see, you think David was a failure. 
He was a man of war, a man of much blood. But he was also a man that was leaving a heritage and a culture for his son Solomon to walk in. Papa, I couldn't build you the temple for your people. But I'm going to work hard. If I'm going to do one thing right, I'm going to work hard to store up everything that you need. So when that day comes, you could take the inheritance that I'm leaving you and you could build upon it. So he builds upon his dad's inheritance that was given to him. And as he builds on it, he's building the house of God so that God could dwell in His inheritance was built for the glory of God. His inheritance and his heritage was built so that God's presence could live in it. What are you called to do? Store build, store build. So David builds his temple. The presence of Yahweh fills it. And kings and queens Men of great reputation travel from abroad, far away, to come and see and hear King Solomon do and say what King Solomon does and says. So much that Sheba came, the queen of Sheba. And when she left from his, her little honeymoon with him, she says, everything that I've heard about you back home. I came to see the man that my ears heard about at home. And nothing that I hear about at home measures up with what I see before me today. Who was Solomon? The legacy of David. The legacy of David. Legacy of David. You want to know who I am today? You want to know who you are today? You know who you are? We're going to get to this in our, we're developing something for the weeks to come. I hope you know that. We're the legacy of Christ. I'm the legacy of Christ. I'm the legacy of Christ. So what am I doing? I'm building up a temple just like Solomon. So that the glory of God could dwell in his son. And on this earth, I am Christ on this earth. I am a legacy of the work and of the beginning and finishing work of Jesus Christ. That's what you and I are. We are walking into a heritage, into a culture that Jesus himself, like we learned last Sunday, has established for us. stand with me, amen. Lord, like your son David, you are the portion of our inheritance. You are our cup. You maintain our lot. How many of you could say amen? You could go ahead there and um, Maybe close your eyes if you want. You don't have to, but maybe examine yourself there. Maybe check deep within. 
No, you can leave the house a little bit more lit up. That's good. Check deep within. Come on, who are you today? What are you leaving so others can follow? What, what are you walking into that others have left for you? Man, there's so much in today's message that could mean so much to you. I, I don't even know where you stand in it. It's almost like a, a puzzle, but you by yourself with his spirit, you're putting it together right now. What does it look like? What does it look like? I'm going to ask my father to come up here. The Lord just gave me this. This is my father. Obviously, most of you know him, but I hope it comes out as clear as what God is showing me. There was a time where, where I was walking and living in a heritage that was left for me. I was living, I was walking in an inheritance that was left for me. And um, in my personal life, my my legacy or, or the legacy that was imprinted had many flaws in it. You with me? Had many flaws in it. So because of the flaws, man, this has got to be for someone here. Um, this, this situation was defective because of the flaws of the legacy. This thing was, um, was sick. It was ridden with sores. It was polluted. It was damaged. But then Christ comes, right? Christ comes. You receive baptism. Or you, you receive um, death, baptism, resurrection, maybe, maybe in that order. <laughs> and you start living in resurrection. And then you start to walk into an inheritance, right? A heritage that, that, that the Father now leaves for you. And you start to walk in it. And you, and you know what? You can stay right here. You're growing in it. You're learning in it. You're processing in it. You're maturing in it. And in the heritage that I have with Abba, the heritage that Christ left for me, because it's a heritage for His sons, puts broken pieces together and um, puts like, like we quote things like that which the locust has stolen from the land the Lord will give it back to you well yeah because <laughs> it's the heritage of the Lord like when it says things like I, I was sharing with Charlene yesterday in Malachi when it says when the Lord comes back and I said you know sometimes we, 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 we read that scripture and we always talk about it it's the Lord's second coming have you gotten the revelation that the Lord's second coming might have already happened? I'm not going to do heresy here, but try to understand what I'm saying. The second coming is alive inside of me. Jesus came again. It's alive in me. And what does the Bible say in Malachi? He will bring the hearts of the sons back to the fathers. 
and the father's hearts back to the sons. And now, now we now begin to live in an inheritance that the Lord has for us that we've never been able to walk in. My, my father and I have never been able to walk into the inheritance that we walk into today. And it wasn't necessarily because he modeled that legacy for me to follow. But it was because he modeled it for us to follow. And I caught it. And now I had to display it. And I said, though, this is only in God. Though you are a father, listen to this. Though you are a father to me, come and let me become a father to you. Though you're my father, let me become a father to you. Only in God can the son also become a father. And, 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 become, a sp- and become someone where, where a sp- come and let me lead you in the, in the spirit, in the ways that God is now displaying, showing our family to live. Let us have conversations that we've never had. Let's now leave and inherit. So, so watch this. That which the locust stole from his generation. And I was reaping, reaping the curse of it. It's brought back. And you want to know who's really getting blessed now? Can you get Jackson tell him to run up here? Hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> tell him to bring whatever toy he's playing with. If it's a gun... Guys, get over it. It's a gun. If it's a sword, it's a sword. Jackson. Mando, carry him up here. Come on, Mando. Come on, Mando. Wello's up here. Come here, Papa. Wello's up here. <laughs> Can you just hold my hand? Hold my hand. You don't have to say nothing. That's fine. That's good. I will bring my daughter, but things will get crazy if I bring her up here. <laughs> My son's behind me. Papa, can you hold my hand like I'm holding Wello's hand? Trust me, this is going to preach a good message, man. Come here, you're going to help me preach today. Ready? Like this. Just walk with me. No one's going to see you. Okay, ready? Just walk with me. So watch this. That which was broken. Look, at, look, look how God, how many of you know God's not into just addition? He's into multiplication. Dude, this is serious. So we were broken off. But then an inheritance came into our lives. And that which was broken gets glued back. And now which is one becomes two becomes four becomes six now becomes eight I think I don't even know how many it is and we now we walk in multiplication when we once lived our whole lives walking in division we once walked our whole lives living in division if you ask this little guy right here who's the jewel of his life well if you ask this guy right here who's the trophy of his life Because it's not even, tell me if this is not biblical. It's not even about your child anymore. It's about your children's children. So you begin to walk in an inheritance and a heritage. And you could say, that which was once broken has now been fixed. That which was once stolen has now been given back. Charlene, take that for you. Which has been stolen will be taken back. That which was separated will be multiplied. 
And together now, we're not perfect. We haven't figured it all out. But shoot, we figured a lot out. I'll tell you today, we are totally different than year one. Than year one. And what you're seeing here is none other than a generational blessing. Generational blessing. Because of an inheritance. Because of a genetic characteristic that was transmitted to one from the other. 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 And one day, he'll be in glory. And then I'll catch up to him. Unless I beat him there. But that's normally the order of things. The order of things, that goes first. But unless I beat him. But if he beats me, he'll be there before me. And one day I'll go there and I was like, what up? Pop. One day he comes and says, what up? Pops. One day the other one goes, what up? Pop. <laughs> and we live in heaven as we already started to live on earth. Because these two worlds are tied together. We're living in a supernatural genetic inheritance that was given from one to another on earth as it is in heaven. Give God some praise. This is what the Lord is speaking to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for today. I know you're speaking to the hearts of your children today. Thank you for my son. Bless Jackson's heart. Bless my son's mind. Bless his soul. That he would leave a legacy of God's grace and favor for the rest of his life. Jesus, that Jackson would fear you and love you. That he would follow his abuelo's footsteps. And that his grandchildren will follow their grandfather's footsteps. And that Jackson would be blessed, Lord. That he'd walk in favor and grace through pain, through trial, through persecution, through everything, he'd be blessed. Through loss, he'd be blessed. Through hurt, he would be blessed. Not just in the good moments, but even in the bad moments, that, that the blessing of the Lord would never leave his heart. I pray for my legacy. I pray, Lord God, that you would just do great things, Lord, with this church, that it would touch the many others that come and follow behind us, whether they're physical sons and daughters or whether they're spiritual, that we leave a legacy, that we would imprint people and that lives would be transformed forever and that we begin to walk on earth as it is in heaven. We love you, Lord. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. And together we say, amen, amen, amen. 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 Give someone a hug. I hope to see you.